Welcome to Everything In Between, the podcast where a dad and daughter duo delve deep into topics ranging from true crime to paranormal occurrences to urban legends and, well, everything in between. I'm Emma. I'm the dad. And if you notice something different in our voices this week, uh, it's probably because we're both getting over a sickness. Yes, Emma infected the house. That's true. Um, I got it from my friend uh, and then spread it to everyone. Yeah, you're, and your mom's away this week, so she's like, I'm getting out of this yeah, she was like, no, plague no, no, no. household. Yeah, so all of us are just recovering. There's like empty medicine boxes everywhere. I don't know if these are empty, but they're boxes. And we're recording. This It's Tuesday, so basically yeah. we're, we have to record, and then and it's late. It's, all, it's a little after eight-ish, and then we have to edit and then get this out by midnight tonight. Yeah, we're really on top of it, guys. Yeah, so we apologize in advance if the editing is... Poor. Exactly. <laughs> you can blame me. You can blame me. It's okay. <laughs> um, we'll try not to cough too much into the mics. Yeah, we'll, we'll just pause every time we're like... Exactly. Oh, wait, oh my wait. God. Um, why don't we kick it over to Soccer Corner? Get it? Get it? That's terrible. That was so good. <laughs> <clears throat> um, well... They uh, they did win in the Premier League, so they're st- out of five games, they're still undefeated and For it's anyone the top new, of the league. They is Liverpool. Oh my God! Yes, it's Liverpool. Yes, um, <laughs> but today was a Champions League, the first. Uh, it's the group stage, and it was the first game they played Napoli away, and we lost two nothing. And it, it was one of those things where I was uh, last year during the the Champions League during the group stage, we lost every game away. I think. We only scored one goal, too, in all the three away games. And when we lost, we, and we played Napoli, actually, last year as well. I think we played Napoli. This is the third year in a row we're playing Napoli in um, Champions League. And when we lost to them last year away, they scored in the in extra time. And it was, it was one of the worst games we ever played, which I think was good because it made us focus and kind of, like, woke us up. Today's game was just an open game, great game. They, both teams had chances. Um, and... It should have finished in a draw. I mean, we we started to dominate at the end. And then in the 80th minute, we got a penalty uh, call against us. And it was such a soft penalty. And it was, it's just one of those things where the referee called it. Had he not called it, even if they went to VAR, they would have said no. But because he called it, they weren't going to overrule it. And it was such a joke penalty. And they scored the penalty. Mm -hmm, Um, And it looked like they had won the World World Cup the way they were celebrating, which kind of got me kind of angry. And then we try to push to tie with the, in the last 10 minutes or so. And then in extra time, um, Virgil van Dyke, who is like just phenomenal. He, he rarely makes a mistake. Well, in this case, he kind of made a mistake, kicked it back to the keeper. And this guy, Llorente, scored mm-hmm. to make it 2 oh. nothing. So, and Llorente played for Tottenham. Who was in the uh, who we beat in the final? So again, like he was jumping around as if he like you know, oh look at us, we're the we're the champions oh, killers. God. And again, it's the first you know, I I I wasn't positive that we'd even get a win in this one or a tie. So yeah, you told me. So getting a loss, I wasn't that surprised. And two nothing does not represent the score. Like I mean, if anything, it was similar to like that Barca game where you know we lost three nothing, but we deserve a little bit more. Maybe we should have lost, but this game we didn't deserve to lose. So I'm I'm kind of angry because of the way they handled themselves, which I'm just hoping was gonna, you know, it'll be a, it, we'll use it as a f- for our own fortitude a for spark. the next. Yeah, well, I mean, just to remember it because we we play them again at home, and when we play them at home, I hope we just run them <laughs> ragged. Um, but we also have a big game on Saturday against Chelsea for the Premier League, so I'm oh. hoping that this loss is gonna just like burn inside, and they're gonna be like, we gotta take care of it. Let's get let's just Let's get it out of our system this Saturday against Chelsea. But, um, which means that, you know, actually this Saturday, this weekend, because um, we're going to be going up to Maine and you're bringing your friends up. Oh, yeah. Um, they need to understand that when that game's when on. When Liverpool's on, you yeah, don't disturb. Exactly. So, Papa Bear. So I can just lock everybody outside if we have to. Oh, that's so, going to be pleasant. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's it over here with uh, good old soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. But, Corner. Um, yeah, oh, God. 
<laughs> soccer corner. But okay, uh, yeah. Sorry. Um. So also, when our episode last week came out, when we talked about the philosophies, if you haven't listened, it's our fiftieth. What are you doing? <laughs> um, go listen. It's awesome. Um, I think we had a good like conversation flowing. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, but so that turned to, um, I posted on both our podcast account and my account, um, like what's your favorite cryptid? And, um, I didn't actually check the podcast account. So sorry guys, if you sent something in, um, but I did check on my account, uh, and I got a bunch of like different cryptids that I never heard of before. So in future episodes, maybe I'll talk. Did you do that anonymously or did you, do you know who did it? Um, I know who sent them. No, we should ask, when you if you do if you decide to do a story though on any of them you should ask them if it's all right to give them a shout out after that. Yeah, I will. So I'm not sure if all of them listen, but <laughs> that's all right. Hey, they, don't. <laughs> they will <laughs> once I do their story. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but so some new cryptids possibly coming our way. That's cool. Um, and we've also made some cool designs for reclaim the cryptids, that's which right. is our sort of tagline for last episode. Yeah, get away from those creationists and those yeah. folks who think that you know that proves their point the world is flat <laughs> yeah so another reason to go listen we talk about flat earthers um but yeah and then also um on the 26th of september will be our one year podcast anniversary. that's right and i think <clears throat> this episode is technically would have been a 52nd but we yeah, skipped one we in skipped there. one week but yeah 52 weeks a year yeah. so Basically so we've a done year. a year worth, de- technically, of podcasts. Yeah. One milestone comes and goes, well, our 50th, I, and then another one. What? I got you something. No, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. I did. Wait a What is this? I got this for your celebrating. I mean, maybe it's no, pre-early year, but I figured you'd, this is something that you might like. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is the best. Oh, my God. Okay. For those of you at home, it's okay. It's a T-shirt of all the like big horror film um, uh, uh, killer monster people uh, playing on a playground. So you've got Jason Voorhees on the seesaw. He's by himself. That's so sad. <laughs> um, and then, oh my God, you have Pennywise making a sandcastle. You have is that Chucky on the on uh-huh. like the, the the horse thingy? Oh my god! And yeah. then there are hell hellraisers in <laughs> there. He's going down the slide. That's right. Oh, this is amazing. You got the ring. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. I figured you got to oh, kick out of that, that one. I should have gotten you something. No, no, You're, it's your year. I, technically, I I was later. I don't come in till like closer to Halloween. This is amazing. Thank you so much. You can take a picture, put it on. Oh, I definitely will. I'm also going to be wearing this to school tomorrow. <laughs> you should wear it this weekend. Be a little bit concerned. Um, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Oh, what a surprise. I like genuine surprises. (laughs) They make me happy. Um, I think that's all we had to talk about, though. Yeah, no, I think you're doing... Uh, Urban Legend. Urban Legend. All right, I got a true crime. Um, yeah, mine may leave a bad taste in your mouth afterwards. You'll like mine. Mine's kind of close to home. Uh, but yeah, I I think that pretty much sums up the week. All right, then shall we jump in? I think we should. Oh, actually, you did oh. get to watch. We The only thing that we've been keeping up with now is the British Baking Oh, yeah, because they're updating cool. weekly on Netflix. That's right, which is cool. And oh, the only other thing so I was going to say is that the Chef show, which... Oh, yeah, you were watching that. So if you haven't seen the movie um, Chef, which is with uh, um, John Favreau, he, uh, it's great. You should watch the show, though, because it that's the things they make are unbelievable. So they made a whole thing about pizza. So I want to try some of that again when we get when oh, we use the with your when we use the oven. uni. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. But um, but yeah, just want to throw that in there. But yeah, let's let's get to the uh, to the stories. Let's do it. All right. All right. So, um, I know for a fact that neither of us have covered this before, but the whole time I was writing it, I was like. Did one of us already do this? <laughs> um, and then by the time I finished, I was like, well, if we did, too bad. We're doing it again. Um, so, the year is 2007. Okay. I've just started kindergarten. <laughs> and uh, it was in this year that one of my classmates scarred me so oh, badly. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god! <laughs> now you know. And exactly. it wasn't only a classmate. I thought it was an old. It was um. It were there were older kids in the school. Nope. It was a. It was like another kindergartner. Yeah, I'll tell you who afterwards. St- I know exactly who it was. A kindergartner scared you. It, I thought it was like. No. It was like Unless fifth or I'm remembering grade. wrong. No, I'm pretty... I thought it was the older kids because there's no way a kindergartner's going to tell you this story. My whole life I was going through knowing the name of the person who told me this story. Maybe she heard it from her older brother. Okay. That, that would make sense. That would make sense. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Um, but I'll tell you after. Anyway, so scared me so badly that for the rest of my elementary school years... I refuse. Elementary? You're stopping at elementary? It was elementary. No, no. You're saying only through your elementary school years? Yeah. I beg to differ. It wasn't in middle school. No, no. I know it was in elementary, but I would say that you still have this. I refuse to go to the bathroom? Not. Because that's what I wrote. I meant throughout elementary school, I wouldn't go to the bathroom in school alone. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. But I'm still like cautious when i walk by <laughs> when i'm like if it's the middle of the night like you never know you could look in the mirror and something could be there okay anyway um that's right today i'm covering the story of bloody mary she still is afraid oh to God. go to the bathroom um, because I'm of not. that you are too not anymore if you, then it was like sophomore year it was not absolutely sophomore. absolutely oh my God. i not. think we could take a poll on this one Excuse Keep me. Keep going. Let's go. Let's... It was elementary school. I remember for. Oh, I know it was elementary school. I'm just saying that you were still scared. I'm not saying you didn't use the bathroom. I'm just saying you're. I'm not scared of Bloody Mary. Yeah, right. You are. I'm scared of the actual thing that <laughs> pop up in the mirror. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. Okay, I'll give you that. That that makes okay. That makes sense. So, All right. um, so let's start off with my personal connection. Um, so there's a bunch of variations of this myth, uh, and I scoured the internet. There's no way I'm going to find them all, but, um, there's a lot of stuff that I found, especially I was looking at Snopes a lot, um, cause they have a good article on this. And I was looking at some of the other articles of like things that kids like make up yeah, around yeah. that elementary school time. And they actually had like a, a reason why, uh, which I'll get into later, but. It's really interesting. So I guess kids just really like to freak the crap out of each other in their youthful years. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was Bloody Mary. Uh, and so the variation that I heard was pretty standard. Um, I don't remember hearing any backstory when I first heard about this, but I knew that if you went into the bathroom and you turned off the lights and said Bloody Mary three times uh, to the mirror... Uh, Bloody Mary would appear and she would either grab you and take you into the mirror with her or she would like reach out and slash your face with her like claws. Oh, I didn't know the slashing part. Oh, yeah. I thought, I remember the, like you would be taken. Yeah, most of the variations, like they end up with you killed. But um, if you don't get killed, you'll definitely get scratched. And actually, um, slight anecdote. In uh, eighth grade, uh, my French class was like right before lunch and there was this weird scheduling error. So we had like, we got out of class about eight minutes before lunch started. And with that time, all the girls in my French class would go to the bathroom and do Bloody Mary. What? Yeah, eighth grade. And one time uh, they didn't do it. So I just went in by myself. Um, and I didn't actually do it, but I looked in the mirror and I like fake scratched my face. Uh, and then one of the girls was in my third period class, which was, it was like right after French after lunch. So then I went into that class and I was like, oh my God, person, look at what happened. I did Bloody Mary and look, like, look at what just happened to my face. And she totally bought it and she was freaked out. And then at the end of the day, she was in my last class too. And I was like, Hey, Hey, I have a question. And she was like, yeah. And, she was, and I was like, how good's my acting? Oh, <laughs> oh, and she was so pissed at me. Um, but so that's a pretty good memory <laughs> I have of, of middle school. That wasn't the same person that freaked you out the first time? No. Oh, okay. Um, it should have been, though. That would have been really say. funny. Um, so, yeah, that was 
how I, I see I wasn't middle school I wasn't as afraid um I turned it into my own weapon of fear <laughs> um so yeah so she'll scratch your face blah 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 so um though now I know that it was just a children's story used to scare the bejesus out of other children back then it was my worst nightmare even at home I could not go to the bathroom like I had to keep the door propped open like the lights on I had to be like talking to you guys through the walls like it was insane it was bad yeah it was like incredible sight yes we'll just leave it at that (laughs) Well, actually, we won't because I have this little built into my story here where I'd like to ask you a little bit about what it was like living with with me at that time in my life. Uh, well, yeah, it was. Um, I, I guess I can't call social services now. Hey, uh, whoa. I was going to say, from a parenting perspective, oh, my God, we were just like, it was. It, it was we want it was tough love i mean at the one point we're just like we it was so frustrating I, it sucked because like you, it, you wouldn't you just wouldn't you'd have to be i mean because we have a bathroom on every floor right so yeah you basically you wouldn't go to the bathroom if there wasn't somebody on that floor right so if we were down in the basement right and you were like, were like, oh, can you come upstairs? Blah blah blah. Because you hated it. You hate the downstairs anyway. Because oh, the shower more... is haunted. So. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> but anyway, so that's how painful. Basically, we had to revolve our schedule about when you decided that. Oh, I might want to go to the bathroom now. <laughs> so, it's like I was a baby again. Oh my god! It would have um, been easier if we just put you in a diaper. Oh well, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, but I do remember this one time. Um, that you guys, I think you were finally like fed up with it. Um, and do you remember this mom? I I feel like there was more than one, but go ahead. I think this part, this thing only happened once. Mom picked me up and the two of you brought me into this bathroom right here on our, on our ground floor and you closed the door. I don't know if you locked or not. You shut off the lights and you guys were, you started chanting Bloody Mary into the mirror I was screaming and crying because he wanted to show me that it wouldn't work. I don't remember. I don't. I, was I there for this? I think you were, but I think you guys were fed up, and I I know for sure mom was there. I'm pretty sure you were there too. I don't remember this. Oh my god, I was like I could believe hysterics. your mom definitely because I bet you she was enough. Enough. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Obviously, nothing happened, um, but it didn't really work. Uh, didn't work enough to convince me. I was like, well, it just didn't happen because my parents were there or something like that. So, Good rationalization. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was quite a fun time in my childhood. Um, but let's talk about other people's childhoods uh, and things that they had to think would happen. Um, so, for summoning Bloody Mary, there's a couple different ways. There's the one that I told you. You say her name three times, lights off in the mirror, blah, blah, blah. Then you can also, you can do the chanting at midnight. Uh, you just, can, to, at, just wherever you are? Or it has to be in the mirror? front of a mirror. Okay, it's always in front of a mirror. Yeah. But, no, okay. I don't think it necessarily has to be a bathroom. Right. But definitely it's a just a mirror. No, it makes sense. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, then you can do it, you have to do it while spinning around sometimes. Okay. Um, you have to do it while rubbing your eyes sometimes. Okay. Uh, or running the water, which save the environment, people. Come on. <sighs> anyway. Um, and then this is kind of specific. You chant her name 13 times while holding a lit candle in front of the mirror in the dark. All right. Which that makes the most like demony sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, as for the chant itself, it can vary. There's just Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. There's no mirror, so don't worry. You're fine. Oh, okay. Well, there's the reflective part of my computer. It's not a mirror. Okay. Anyway, uh, then you could say instead, Bloody Mary, I killed your baby, or I stole your baby, Bloody Mary, or I killed your baby, Mary Worth, which we'll get into the Mary Worth story in a bit. Uh, Then there's also, I believe in Mary Worth. And then you can also call her Hell Mary. Um, which seems like a variation of Hail Mary to me. Yep. Um, but you say that seven times, so. All right. So, some variations of the tale say that 
If you summon Bloody Mary, she'll just straight up kill you. Okay. There's no scratching happening. You're just dead. So some of these methods are ripping your face off, scratching your eyes out, scratching your neck off, I guess, or like gouging your neck. So, like ripping your throat? Yeah. Yeah. So not fun. Very violent ways to die. And then some say that she'll just haunt you for the rest of your life. So that's what happened to you. Yeah, I guess so. Guess it worked. Yes, apparently it did. Yeah, and now I'm doing it on the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then there are other variations that are much more benevolent. Uh, so one of them says that if you chant her name, chant Mary's name uh, 13 times in the mirror at midnight, she will appear and you can talk to any dead person from that moment until 11.08 a.m. Uh, and then she and the dead person will disappear. So huh. I guess that means, like, she appears and you're like, hey, can I talk to, like, I don't know, give me a dead person. Michael Jackson. I don't know. Anyway, I want to talk to Michael Jackson. And then she's like, okay. And she just he hees him up or whatever. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to talk to Michael Jackson um, for a little bit, so... Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know what to tell you. That's just a very strange. It's very different than. Well, it seems like more of like, you know, I'm the, uh, she's an operator. She's an operator. Oh know, my God. Imagine like... having to be a telephone operator, like, or FaceTime operator uh, when you die. Wow. Um, okay. And then the other version, I believe also is really connected to the origin of like how this tale came about. Okay. Um. And so this version says that when you summon her, um, first of all, you can't look directly at her. Uh, you can only look at her in the mirror, which makes me think that I guess she comes in real life too. Okay, so. But you can only make like sort of like with Medusa. Yeah, but you can't look at you can like look at her reflection though. Right. Um. So she's behind you then. I guess. All right. It, I mean, maybe if a really big like horizontal mirror she's just like at one end and then you're at the other end uh, i don't know i guess it depends on the mirror yep um but then she'll reveal your future especially concerning marriage and children all right so the origin of this i actually knew this from do you know that book i have it's called oh what's it called the the daring book for girls or something yeah i don't know about yep yeah, it's like a big blue book, and it's filled with stuff like right, right, right. sleepover activities. It tells you how to like make a peach pit ring. Yep. Basically, if I lived in the 80s, it would be the perfect book for me. <laughs> um, but I don't, so oh well. Um, but it had a whole thing on Bloody Mary. And I've had that book for how long? I think we, we probably got it for you when you were 9 or 10, I would think. I thought it was earlier, but because... I know in elementary school, I would skip the section on Bloody Mary because I was like, I'm not, I'm not reading that. Oh, um, I, yeah, maybe we got it. I, I would think, no, maybe think it was, was third grade. Good. Yeah, I would have been eight then. Yeah, it could have been third grade. Well, either way, uh, eventually I did read it. And I mean, it talked about the actual Bloody Mary, um, but this Bloody Mary has nothing to do with that Bloody Mary at all. They're totally different people. Okay. Um, though the actual Bloody Mary deserves that name in her own right. Can you not look behind me as if you're looking at something? I don't <laughs> no, I'm not, appreciate it. I'm trying not to cough. Like I can, I'm like trying to think of everything to do so I don't start well, like coughing into the mic. Well, you your sickness in a different way. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so I would, I read through that thing and, um, the original thing was like, girls would take a candle and go to the mirror and like chant it's, it's also like how snow white like the original story came oh, okay from. okay like with the mirror and the like the chanting all that stuff um but you would get to like you would see your future husband's face in the mirror okay or if you saw like the grim reaper or a skull it would mean you would die before marriage huh all right yeah and then there's another weird legend thing that like if you're like peeling an apple with a knife and you like throw the peels over your shoulder, um, and you turn around and look at them. 
the letter that they make is like the letter of your soulmate or something. Okay. I don't know. That's not technically related to this, but um, still interesting. Uh, so yeah, that's where the original thing came from. And throughout the years, it got twisted into like, you summon her and she's all this. Uh, and then the Mary Worth thing comes from um, this story that I think they, uh, the lore actually covered this. Uh, Aaron Mankey, great podcast. Please check it out. Um, and the story of Mary Worth is she was like a, she wasn't, she was sort of like a, not a known witch witch, but like people were like sort of catching on that she was witchy. Uh, and this was during the, the witch trial time. Uh, and at one point, there was a milling a Miller family. Uh, and the daughter, like, got, like, what's it called when you're, like, in a daze almost? In a trance? In a trance. Thank yeah. you. And she wouldn't, like, respond to anything. And she was just, like, walking out of the house or something. Yep. And um, the parents were like, what the heck is going on? And they, like, roused the village, and they were, like, following her. And then they saw Mary Worth, who was, like, off on her own with a wand doing some witchy things. Uh, and they were like, oh, witch. So they grabbed her, burned her at the stake, and the miller's daughter broke out of her trance or whatever. Okay. And so that turned so into, that like, some... and Well, yeah, and then before like or as she was burning or something she like cursed the villagers and she was like if you say my name in front of the mirror i'll come out and kill you or something like that yeah she probably just said like if mention my name and i'll come back to haunt you or something like that or she was like ow that burns (laughs) (laughs) i mean if she's on fire i feel like that would be what would be happening um maybe not (laughs) um so i don't really know about the Mary Worth, I killed your baby thing. Um, well, I mean, they could have used means... it as something to when it, it, who knows, like, right? So maybe the town all of a sudden, if whenever you had a um, miscarriage or a stillborn, maybe they just blamed Mary, and then that's what, yeah, just went on on. And that if your baby died, it was because of Mary Worth, maybe, yeah. And then, and then you could curse if you did something, but that was, you know, whatever, who knows, yeah, the, these things always get twisted. Uh, and then the name, however, also got used later on, but not in the same connection with the witch. I think it's because, like, the the legend that sprouted from that incident um, made the name, like, you chant that name, and then people forgot about the incident and were like, why is it that name? And then came up with a different explanation, which is much more modern. And so the other one is that there's this girl named Mary Worth who was beautiful and always loved looking at herself in the mirror. And then one day she got into a horrible car accident and it left her face super disfigured. And she like was told not to look in the mirror or anything. Uh, And then when she eventually did, it was like so bad that it drove her mad or something. And somehow I guess she like went into the mirror to like find her more beautiful self or something. And that's why if you say your name in the mirror, she'll come out and get you for like wanting to look at her okay yeah so that's another version of it uh and then there's uh the whole thing about the bathroom there's another variation of this tale which we actually covered on the podcast before your time yeah um i can't remember what episode it was but it was one of mattingly's story stories um it was one or two i can't remember i can't remember how to pronounce it either but uh it's one of the things where if you're in the bathroom, if you're in a certain stall, this ghost of a girl will like come and get you or whatever. I think I've heard that. So that's a Japanese tale. Yeah. Yeah. Did I you know. listen to the episode? No. You didn't listen to any of the episodes before you got in? No. What? Yeah. What? Why not? I, I don't remember. You. That's a lie. I your eyes remember. are going, not your brain. I don't remember. <laughs> I, wow. Well, I know what you're doing this weekend. Yeah. Hey. Anyway, um, that was crushing to hear that. <laughs> wow. I've been referencing like Pontefract and assuming that you knew what I was talking about. I do. I know that story because I know that story. Wow. What about the one I did in the second episode? I, Mary Jose 
Ferreira? I probably don't. <sighs> wow. What about the Green Ghost? Green Breer Ghost. Yeah. <sighs> wow. That's just disappointing. Here I was thinking you're one of our greatest fans because you're part of the podcast itself and you haven't even listened to all the episodes. <laughs> this is insane. Anyway, um, this is the next I'm going to read you a quote of an experience that possibly happened. Um, so a friend of mine said that her roommate tried this, the Bloody Mary thing, and ran out screaming from the bathroom. She was shaking and appeared genuinely terrified and refused to talk about the incident. But those who were around her when she came out noticed that her clenched fingers were covered in blood. <laughs> All right. Sounds legit. It does. Me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then there are hundreds of more stories like that. Um, but I'd like to talk about like the explanation behind it. And also, why children talk about these horrible things all the time. Okay. Hopefully, I don't bore you with this psychology talk. Uh, so, as for the why do children continue to, like, summon Bloody Mary and other things like this? Um, apparently, the ages between 9 and 12 are labeled, quote, the Robinson age by psychologists. And, um... It's during this period that children satisfy their craving for excitement by participating in ritual games and playing in the dark. They are constantly looking for a safe way to extract pleasure and release anxiety and fears. Uh, This is from Snopes. Hmm. So, pretty interesting. Um, And it seems to check out. Yeah, no. Especially with the sleepover games like like, with Ouija boards and light as a feather, stiff as a board. Stuff like that. Um, and then the second thing about the mirrors, um, and sometimes like maybe like in the morning when you like brushing your teeth and you see something out of the corner of your eye Yep. and you're like, wait, there's nothing there. I don't know. Why did I do that? Um, that's a very real thing. Um, the longer you stare in a mirror, the more likely you are to actually see things that aren't there. Um, and even if you're not expecting Bloody Mary or your death or anything like that, um, so this is called the Troxler effect. Okay. Um, and basically it means that when you stare at the same object for a prolonged period of time, uh, there comes a point when your brain adapts or just gets used to the unchanging stimuli. Uh, and then as a result, your neurons cancel the information out and then the image will often appear blurry, faded, or distorted until you blink or look around. So have you ever tried... As a kid, maybe, like, sitting in front of a mirror and, like, looking at your face for a really long time? Uh, If I did, I don't remember doing that. You would remember because if you just sit there and, like, look at your face and you don't move your eyes at all, your face will begin to contort in front of you. Okay. So I probably did not do that. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, your cheeks will get, like, sunk in or, like, things will just move around and it would be really creepy. Um, So... Yeah, and this is from Mental Floss. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot more like science behind it. I wanted to delve deep. <laughs> delve deep. That's our tagline. Anyway, um, I wanted to go more in depth with it, but um, I didn't want to take too long. So I'm going to wrap up now. Maybe I'll cover this more in the future, but that's Bloody Mary, folks. Also, just in case you didn't know from my retelling, it's not real. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen if you stare into the mirror and chant your name three times. So... Feel free to do it if you want. Well, it was definitely your the your fear of your childhood. I do remember that. So. Mm-hmm. Well, good. You conquered your fear right there and then. There you go. Yeah. I actually conquered it when I wrote an essay on Bloody Mary. But Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, Bloody Mary. Yeah. No, that's cool. Good. Awesome. <laughs> um, before we start with your story. Sure. I forgot one more thing. Uh, that's more psychology, so I hope I don't bore you, but, um, there's, uh, in 2010, there was a study, um, which was about, like, the strange face in the mirror illusion. Uh, so Italian psychologist Giovanni Caputo, uh, conducted an experiment in which 
people were asked to enter a dimly lit room and look at their reflection in the mirror for 10 minutes. Um, afterwards, they were asked to report what they saw. So there were 50 test subjects. 66% of them reported seeing huge deformations of their face. Uh, 48% also saw fantastical and monstrous beings. So some described seeing the face of a parent, some of whom were actually deceased. Uh, some people saw the face of an animal or the face of an old woman or child. Hmm. So another interesting thing. Just forgot to say that. thought it was interesting. Um, but the Mental Floss article is very good, very interesting. It's just Bloody Mary and Why We Think We See Things in Mirrors by Emily Petsko. Cool. So yeah, check that out. All right, so you're doing true crime? I am, yep. I'm um, ready. All right, I'll just jump right into it. Um, so it's kind of creepy, this tale. Um, oh, good. That's and, what this podcast is for. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it was weird because I don't know why. Originally, when I was just looking at things, I don't know why I chose it. But then I was reading a little bit more of the description, and I just kind of like was like, well, this is odd. Let me learn more about it. And that just kind of made me think, oh, this is, I guess, more interesting, but... I don't know, just spooky in its own way. Um, I'm just from the get go. It's still unsolved. I'm just saying that right now, just because. Oh, wonderful! I, you just, it, it, I don't want to like wait, wait till the end because I just feel like it's. It's, it's just the not, kind of like you could cool. get us hoping for. Yeah, it's not cool. Resolution. Um, and from the research that I had gathered, uh, there are some just you know, internet sleuths, you know, the redditors, whoever else you want to say that web sleuths. <laughs> Yeah, I guess <laughs> that have uh, narrowed it down. Narrowed it down to maybe a particular suspect. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to mention the person's name because, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that um, kind of thing could like ruin his life if it's not him. Yeah, I just I don't know. Um, but there are things that don't add up in the story of how it's been told, and um, or just things that may not have been followed up. So there's these gaps where you're kind of like, oh, that's weird. So that's that's why it's just. I just don't know enough about the family, like if they were poor or what, or just people didn't care to find out. I don't know. I don't know. Huh. But anyway, um, I it, it got that actually got me more interested because I just felt like this is something that somebody needs to look and find and you know get the justice that's due to uh, to this person. How um, long ago was it? Well, it was 1980. It's a stalker case. Oh. Um, it took place in Anaheim, California. And this is the story of Dorothy Jane Scott. Dorothy Jane Scott. Anything? Do I know that name? I don't know. Maybe. I feel like I heard it on My Favorite Murder. Um, well, just from sources, like the lineup, I think, is where I first found it. Because it was like these, it was, I can't remember if they were cold cases or something that had a list of them. And there was two that I was interested in. And this one, I got, went down the, the rabbit hole more than others. Ranker just, of course, does their list of unsettling things about it. Yeah. Um, the Claremont Sun uh, newspaper wrote something in the last year that was like kind of an update to it. Uh, Scare Chamber had a good uh, write-up. Wikipedia, just very high level. Um, there's this one site, truecrimediary.com. Um, somebody wrote a really good write-up on this. Uh, and then the 13th floor had, uh, had an, again, another update. I think one was as recent of, and when I mean update, just it was more recent. I shouldn't say update's the wrong word because they didn't have more information um, except for this one, who they think is a suspect. Right. So we'll just go right into the, tri to the uh, crime timeline. Crime timeline! So Dorothy Jane Scott, was born on April 23rd, 1948. I don't know the story. I was thinking of Cindy James. Okay. Um, her parents were Jacob and Vera Scott. Uh, she grew up in a, I would say, a liberal religious family. I mean, she was religious. They both, but you know, they weren't evangelical by any means. Um, I, I would even think that I think her parents were kind of, I don't want to say hippies, but into the hippie subculture. Uh, cool. Everything that I'd read about her childhood was that she was very studious, conscientious, responsible, you know, got along with everybody, helpful, all those types of things. Like, in a way, I actually, I didn't, I couldn't find anything that anybody ever said anything negative about her at all. Um, 
However, she was not an extrovert. She really kept to herself. Um, she would hang pretty much at home throughout her adolescent years and spent more time with her family. Uh, I, her father did have his own business, and I think she may have helped out and worked around with him. Um, they, they had interviewed her, some of her friends from all stages of life. So when they were interviewing friends from high school, they were all saying that you know she was not a partier, really actually went out in any way they don't no one ever thought they saw her ever take a drink smoke do anything like that um just known as a homebody however again everybody knew her she was you know again well known and well liked so for somebody that didn't like hang with with the group um people could still still recognize who she was yeah they no one was like i don't know she was quiet that kind of thing um she did get married and had a son his name is uh sean Uh, i believe that either they met in Missouri, they moved to Missouri, just because um, at some point they did get divorced and I th- her ex stayed in Missouri. Um, and then, then when they were interviewing friends, she had a circle of friends or a group of friends that were still in Missouri. Um, but there was sometime, I guess, after college, I, I think she went to college, I shouldn't even say she went to college, but sometime after high school, so between 18 and I guess... 28 she got married because she would have had the kid right at, i think 28 um as i said when they got divorced she then ended up moving in with her aunt um but back home in anaheim close to her parents so uh her parents were basically her caregivers whenever she had to go to work so she would always drop her son off with them and they would just babysit him uh, whenever she needed to, whenever she needed the help. Um, so her, like I said, her parents actually owned a, a psych shop, which was, which is basically like sold lava lamps, love beads, you know, tie dye shirts, that kind of, that kind of stuff. Um, but at some point, um, after her moving back, her father sold that to this other guy who had a, um, a head shop and a head shop is basically um, all type of smoking paraphernalia, like, you know, bongs and um, all crazy kind of things. Uh, And the, the psych shop actually was called, I think like the swinger psych shop or something like that. Um, So she, Dorothy then was working at kind of both shops. So I think she was working at first the psych shop as just like the secretary and like doing, um, clerical work and things like that. And then after it was sold, she was doing that for both both companies. Um, now, same thing, the, the new owner who owned the two sh- shops was fond of Dorothy, but also was still also very friendly with her father, Jacob. Mm-hmm. So after they had bought the, um, he bought the store, he would always call Jacob because I guess Jake, Jake was just like a good handyman so he could fix things, do all this other stuff. So what ended up happening is that all the employees of those shops and the Scots were almost like an extended family. Like everybody knew each other. Everybody hung out. Everybody was just really cordial and, you know, they were all friends, you know, that kind of thing. Now, her lifestyle didn't change much <laughs> from high school. Basically... She, if she was, uh, if she wasn't at work, she was with her son. Like her whole life revolved around her son. Nothing wrong with that. And, I mean, that meant multiple lot of things. Like, I, basically, they would have game nights at her aunt's house, or they would go to the parents, her parents' house, and the aunt would be there as well. And they would just, it was like just one group. And then to the point where even some of the folks would end up coming from this, from any, either shops, that kind of thing. Um, now her coworkers would tease her a lot just because they're like you got to come out you know let's come out you, you know right you got to yeah. get out you can't just be this is this is not healthy for you that kind of thing but they also knew that she was just like this loving mom so yeah. they weren't gonna it was more of just joking here and there but um but not to a bullying extent or a harassing uh, extent Good. and she also did keep in touch with some of those folks in Missouri and I think her and her ex-husband were good friends like it was an amicable um uh, separation and I, I think that the son also would stay or see or see his father every once in a while on april 23rd 1980 dorothy turned 32 good for her and around that time 
she started to receive harassing phone calls. Not good for her. And the calls were both adoring and some were threatening. Oh, really not good for her. So when the f- the first calls came in, Dorothy said that she could recognize the vo- voice but really couldn't identify the person. Oh. But it was something, it was familiar to her. Right. Um, and like the caller would start with those calls that were more fawning over Dorothy, professing his love for her, you know, Oof. he would do anything he'd want, you know, make her life, you know, this uh, utopia, that kind of thing. Um, but even in those calls, there was this um, just, well, just flat out spook. Uh, he wouldn't be shy on letting on that he was watching her very closely. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. He could recount just her day-to-day no. um, details. Police immediately. What she was wearing, where she was parking her car, that kind of thing. So, I mean, she was freaked out, but just like this is just kind of weird. So then she just thought, well, maybe it's just this the teasing gone too far kind of thing. No, you should go to the police. So now here's what's odd, though, about that, because where Dorothy worked in that in the psych shop or the head shop, her office or where her, she did her work as a secretary was in the back of the store, like behind walls, nowhere that... No, were there windows? No, she was in a room in the back, so like oh, you couldn't that's see her. good all right? by itself. So, you need windows. So now what ended up happening was that the calls kept coming... And now the caller was starting to get very just jealous in general. Ooh. And uh, and it was because he, he, he believed that others were getting too close or too friendly with Dorothy. So the calls became much more threatening. Oh, my God. And one time the caller said, and this is a quote, when I get you alone, I will cut you up into bits <gasps> and no one will ever find you. What? And it was one of those things that, that freaked her out, of course, but then... A call. The next call would just be this profession of love again, and how I would take care of you and all these other things. No, that is bad. You go to the police. Well, on another occasion, the caller then called and told her to go outside because he had left something for her. No. And when she went to the her car, why? She found a single dead rose oh. placed on the windshield. Oh, I don't like that. That's bad symbolism. So this frequency of threatening calls started to increase, and that made her fear for her life so she contemplated getting a handgun yeah she should and she started to take karate lessons to for self-defense and all these other things good and she didn't hide this from her family like she was flat out telling her parents like her husband well her husband was in missouri oh yeah i forgot about that but she was telling her aunt and her parents that um that the voice was familiar to her but she just couldn't place it um but unfortunately she never reported anything to the authorities, no, nor did honey. her parents, nor did the aunt. And I don't know if she talked to anybody at work about it or her boss or anything, but um, it was just this best kept secret. Ugh. So on May 28th, 1980, the head shop was having an employee meeting after the store had closed. So it was late in the evening. Okay. So Dorothy dropped off Sean at her parents' house. And head to the store. And at the meeting, they were I don't know what they were talking about, but they were just having a discussion. Dorothy noticed that one of her coworkers, this his name is um Conrad Boston, uh-huh. was looking ill. Like he was kind of feverish, sweating, um, and he had this rash on his arm, and it was just getting worse as the meeting was going on. Like it just got Ooh. more uh pronounced and, and like spreading and spreading like up his and I don't know if it was up his arm or down his arm. So in typical Dorothy, I'm here to help and we'll do whatever it takes to make sure everybody's okay. She insisted that, you know, you gotta, we gotta get that checked out. There's something wrong. You're not, you know, I can tell like you're just not yourself and whatever that rash is, isn't getting any better. So we gotta go to the ER. Wow. She's a really good person. So another coworker, Pam, uh, Pamela Head uh, said, yeah, I agree. And she offered to like, let's, I'll go with you. So Pamela and Dorothy and Conrad get in Dorothy's car and are heading to the hospital. Before they get to the hospital, um, Dorothy stops by her parents' house to tell her parents that I'm going to the hospital to take this guy because of this blah, 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 blah. And for some reason, she went and changed a scarf. Like she 
got a, I don't know what she, I think she may have had a black scarf on and then she changed to a red scarf. Okay. And um, they go off to the hospital. So she basically is telling her parents that, I don't know when I'm going to be back, so do you mind? No, taking on care the of me. Right. Yeah. So they get to the hospital and they spend several hours. I mean, they're in the ER, you know, you know, ER can take a while. Roll rash, yeah. Right. Um, well, they finally take Conrad back and he gets diagnosed that he had a spider bite, a black widow spider bite, oh. actually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they. Wait, where is this again? Anaheim? Yeah, California. There's black widows. There's black widows everywhere. Oh, yeah. oh that's great. Um, Bloody Mary's not real, but black widow spiders <laughs> are everywhere. So, um, part of his diagnosis was like he has to. I mean, they they do what they could, could do and like um, whatever medication, but he had to take certain. Um, I don't know if it was antibiotics or something to just help with uh, either the pain as well as maybe stop infection and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, as that has to get done, like they have to discharge him, he has to go to the hospital's pharmacy to get the stuff. Uh, Dorothy's like, okay, well, look, let's. Well, wait, while you're getting that paperwork and all that stuff, and I'll go get the car. I'll bring it out front and then, you know, we can get the heck out of, out of here. So Dorothy is um, going out the door. Pam and Conrad are like, you know, getting ready to go pick up this prescription. And they see her out the door and that's the last time anyone sees her alive. Oh, no. So by the time Pam and Conrad have finished with all this paperwork, prescription picking up and all these little discharging papers and all this other stuff. Dorothy is nowhere to be found. Like they go outside, don't is see the her. Car there? They don't see anything. And they're like, that's just, this is taking too long. So they go back inside, keep going. They go out again, like a couple few times just being like, where the heck is she? And then finally, when they get out for, I don't know, the third time, they see her car coming, you know, down by them, like towards the entrance part or by the, the exit, I guess. And, you know, they're waving at the car, that kind of thing. And the car just, flips on its high beams and flies right by them <gasps> and just takes off. And immediately Pam and Conrad's like, Oh my God, something must've happened to Sean. Like she's, she's on her way back home. So, so did he put on a fly, the high beam so they couldn't see who was driving. They, that's part of it. And uh, that was the killer. So they immediately call Dorothy's parents from the hospital. Be like, is everything okay? You know, we just saw Dorothy. And they're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, we just saw the car go flying by. We, we we assume she's rushing. And they're like, no, we haven't spoken to Dorothy at all. So now the parents are kind of freaking out. Um, Pam and Conrad are like, okay. They wait a little bit longer, like another, I don't know, 30 minutes or something. Oh. Still doesn't come back. And now they're like, they call the police. Good. So the police aren't really overly concerned because... Did they say she's been talking about being stopped? Um, I don't know if that happened initially because I don't know if Pam and Conrad knew about that. Uh, but the police aren't overly concerned. Right. However, 4.30 that next morning, they find Dorothy's car abandoned in an alley about 10 miles from the hospital, and the car is set ablaze. Oh, that's not suspicious at all. So that incident, and now the information of these harassing calls that mm-hmm. had um, just basically th- that were threatening to Dorothy caused the police to step up this investigation. I mean, I'm pretty sure the burning car took care of that anyway, yeah, yeah. but you know, so a week goes by from the time the car has been found and burning and there are no signs or leads to Dorothy's whereabouts. Oh no. Then on a Wednesday, Vera gets a call at her home. No. The caller asks if she's related to Dorothy. No. She says she is. No. And the caller says, I've got her. And hangs up. No. It wouldn't be the last call. This is insane. Another week would go by. No leads. And Jacob decides to go to the press. Good. And this was against the wishes of the police. Oh, that's not good. On June 12th, 1980, the Santa Ana Register ran a story about the missing persons case of Dorothy Jane Scott. That same day, the editor, his name's Pat Riley, receives a call, and the caller says this, and I quote, She was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else. I killed her. Oh, my God. And then the caller provided details that had, had not been re- uh, released to the public. He said that he, she was wearing a red scarf, and again, that happened in between yeah, the like things. as oh my god. He knew that she was at the 
hospital with Conrad, and that Conrad had been bitten by a black widow spy- spider. Wait, was that the man, or was her the husband the man that she cheated, quote unquote, cheated with? What do you, what do you mean? Say he again? said he was in love with her, and she cheated on me. Is she t- is he talking about her husband or about? She's Conrad? just saying that somebody. Yeah, I, I don't. I have no. They don't know who this because they even said that she wasn't dating anyone. No, she hadn't been gone. She hadn't gone out. Like so, no one knew where this was coming from. So it's it's probably the talk of a crazy person who was delusional, who was probably looking in a mirror and things were getting disfigured <laughs> and things and has anyway. The Troxler effect. But again, the, that. But he went on and talked about some other things too. We talked about, um, and probably what happened was that by the time he kidnapped her he could have got all this information from her because I mean what she was wearing he would have known but right. like why they were there and all the things unless he'd been following her all evening which I could don't have been doubt yeah um so now with these leads and these other things or this you know they, they're trying to figure out who this person is but months start going by and the case is just going cold 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 <sighs> however almost Every Wednesday at around similar times during the day when Jacob is not at home, but Vera is, Vera receives a phone call. No, this is ridiculous. And usually the person would say, is Dorothy home? Oh, come on. Or I've got her. This would go on for four years. Four years? Wait, okay. When did they... Be, start being able to like track phone calls well after this happened month after month they t- tapped her their phones but every time the caller would never stay long long enough for it to Damn. be traced then in april of 1984 again almost exactly four years after uh, her 32nd birthday so she'd be 36 at this point oh. jacob dorothy's father answered the phone the caller hung up before saying anything. So he it was like, hello, and the caller was like, oh. Wasn't Vera. So, was a man. And speculation is that maybe Jacob knew who this person was. So that's why that person didn't, because he may be, get recognized. Or, I mean, again, they had recordings of the voice, but maybe the guy was just afraid. And then the call stopped. Do you think if he had done that with like Dorothy, it would have like, like if one of Dorothy's calls Jacob had picked up instead? I don't know. I am not sure. Three months later, August of 1984, a construction worker was on the site and he found this set of bones. Oh no. The bones turned out to be um, a bunch of dog bones. They you know, oh. belonged to dog, a dog. And they found it odd. So as they're removing the dog bones, they find some more topsoil. And as they remove that topsoil, they find the bones of a human charred skull, arm, leg, and some others. But not a full body? Uh, What was kind of left. Uh, But they're charred, so it was burned. Yes. And they had found a turquoise ring and a watch. The watch had stopped at 12.30 a.m., May 29th, 1980. The same evening. The 28th is when she disappeared, but it was that evening, the 29th. Vera identified the ring and watch as Dorothy's. About a week later, the remains were positively identified as being those of Dorothy Jane Scott. Wait, so she was kept, she disappeared the 20th, and then the watch stopped the 29th. 28th. 28th. But she was still kept for eight days? She disappeared on the 28th. Oh, I thought you said the 20th, and then she was discovered the Yeah, it was May 28th, 1980. She was at the meeting. The watch had stopped May 29th. I don't know how they know it was 1980, but I guess it must have had a year thing on it or something. I think, I don't know, I guess some watches. Um, Now, what was spooky about all that stuff was that there was all this talk about how you can hide a body, and this is some of the things that Redditors have talked about, and some other folks say that you take animals to... Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and you bury it on top. Yeah, you bury a body, then you put some dirt, and then you bury right. an animal. And then if any dogs go looking for it, they'll find the animal. And right. Move on. And the chart of the body, they couldn't tell if 
there had been like wildfires around the area, so that area had gone through it, but it didn't they didn't ever said that the dog's bones were charred. But if it was underneath, but I don't know, maybe. But they couldn't tell if that was because it was they don't think she was burned in the car. Um, but it could have been that she was buried there and then there was a um you know, a, a forest fire or a, or a, a oh, some, yeah. Yeah, so yes. who knows. So what interests me is he said that he was going to cut her up or something. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, it was almost foreboding yeah. in a way. Um, so after the discovery of Dorothy's body was made public, mm-hmm. the Scott family received two more phone calls. Oh, come on. Just, just let it go. Both just asking, is Dorothy home? That's just, oh my God, this makes me so angry. Exactly. You're so right. So as we said, the web sleuths, believe that they may know who was involved or they had identified a suspect. They had tracked down, I don't know how they did this or how it all started, but I think they went through all the people that worked at the, at the shops mm. and they found a person whose sister worked at the shop. And this, the sisters, you know, the brother um, was a very highly unstable person. Ooh. There were, and again, I don't know how they found this, if it was just, witness accounts or whatever it may be but this person was infatuated with dorothy they were said afterwards oh um and he was believed to have been a mechanic that worked near this the strip of stores because it was just like a strip mall type of thing and if he was a mechanic of this place it was in eyesight or the eye line of this uh, of oh, the shop just watch her so it wouldn't have been out of the ordinary. It wasn't like he was stuck, like he was in a car watching. He could just been working and saw her in going in and out, this, that, whatever it may be. So, um, they and believe, if she like recognizes the voice. She could have talked to him, right? And well, he also frequented the store, right? And he, because his sister worked there, yeah. So she, yeah. So that there's a whole thing there. Unfortunately, this person died in 2014. Oh. Now, God damn it. Vera and Jacob Scott spent the rest of their lives just looking for trying her. to find Dorothy's killer. Ugh. And they both died without knowing what happened to their beautiful daughter. Dorothy's son, Sean, who's still alive, is still speaking to her friends. And I think he may have been the one that connected this through talking to people that they had mentioned this person. Um, so he may have been part of that. Who... You know, like looking into this guy, and he actually tried to get in touch with that's the woman, the sister. Oh, she wouldn't speak to him, um, and she apparently has done quite well for herself. Like she's a, I can't remember what they said. Like she's she's an entertainer of some sort and that kind of thing. But I, I don't know more. Um, but as of today, the case remains unsolved and the killer unknown. And that is the story. Of Dorothy Jane Scott. Oh, no. I did not know that one. It does. It sounds very familiar to the one Cindy James that I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. But uh, the way you ended that, though, did remind me that uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved announced that their new Supernatural season's coming out uh, this Friday, September 20th. Woo! That's cool. I'm all for that. I like I'm that. I'm so excited. That's cool. I think the first one is Aliens. Yeah, that I don't care about. Oh. Well, we're still going to watch it. Fair enough. But yeah. um, we'll have a review for you next week. <laughs> um, so that was crazy. That was really good. Um, yeah. I'm Sad. scarred. No, I'm, I'm still angry about it. But That's so, so frustrating. Dorothy Jane Scott. Somebody find her justice. Yeah. I think oh I'm God. going with Every Breath You Take. Which is, I mean, the, it is the song. That's the stalking exactly. song. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's a good but one. Yeah. But there All you right. go. Alrighty. Well, you know, happy times, I guess. We'll have to figure out a way to lighten the low mood a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, on to uh, closing, yeah? Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, we actually had a fun fact sent in this week, uh, and it came after our cryptid episode came out. Uh, so again, 15th episode, give it a listen. I think it's amazing. You just want to know biased. about Velocimes. Everybody should. Yeah, honestly, you got to yeah. start spreading that, you Yeah, you get that thing going. We'll, we'll th- if we get it going and people are, so maybe we get merch. Yeah, that's so true. God, don't you want Velocimes merch? Um, 
So this fun fact is from Elaine, uh, and it is that kangaroos used to be considered as cryptids until they like officially found them. Really? Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because I think way, way back before, like, people were traveling all over the world, like, when the Englishmen were in ships or whatever, and then they would go to these places and be like, oh, I saw this thing. And someone else would be like, no, you didn't. And then turns out it was a particularly big toad, you know? Yeah, no, I... Huh. But it's interesting that kangaroos were thought of as cryptids. I mean, they are... Strange. Not. Well, yeah, but they're big. Um, and they're know, like buff too. Right, and like you know, you have their their the you know the kid is in the pouch. So that's true. You might think it's like another head or something. Yeah, so that would be kind of weird. Um, and yeah, they'll drop you. So you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they box, so you see them like fighting each other with their like using the tail and then the, their legs. So they're weird animals. All animals are just strange, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had thank no idea, you, though. Elaine. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so if you want to submit your own fun fact, or if you've, uh, had a paranormal experience, a true crime experience, or have an urban legend you want to share with us, uh, or you just want to suggest a story topic, uh, send those into our Gmail, which is everything in podcast at gmail.com. I'm like holding onto a cop right now. <laughs> uh, hopefully I can get through all of this. So that's our Gmail. Um, and then you can also submit it through our blog, which is everythingpodcast.weebly.com. Uh, we have social media. Our Instagram is at everythinginpodcast. Our Twitter is at between underscore podcast. We have a Facebook group and page, both by the name of Everything In Between Podcast. Go follow those, like them, whatever you do. Uh, we post like when new episodes come out and when, uh, when we ask what your favorite cryptids are, <laughs> um, if I actually check them this time. <laughs> Um, so stuff like that, go check that out. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please, 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 please rate, review, and subscribe. It's really, really helpful for us. And honestly, on any platform you're looking at, like follow, subscribe, whatever it is, uh, it's really awesome and helps us a lot. And then if you haven't noticed, uh, all of our episodes are titled with songs and we compiled these songs into a playlist on Spotify, which is called the soundtrack in between, uh, for your listening pleasure. Uh, it's a good good bunch of songs, I think. Good for just life on the road or just it's a good mix. An, an hour it's, drive I mean, on the road. Wait, again, there's some Johnny. I think yeah, we finally got Johnny Cash, I believe, yes. in there. Yeah, that was recent. Got some Willie Nelson. Yeah, we have some of the classics, like, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So it's a good mix. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, go check that out. Uh, it's going to be fun. And I guess that's it. Yeah, all right. So uh, until next week. Until next week. Bye. Bye.